Kratos may be making a comeback. 3DSs are flying off the shelves, and Microsoft extends an olive branch to Xbox Live indie game developers. All that plus more on today's MASHcast. Cast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with senior editor and personal friend of Flash Gordon, Rob Hill Williams. That's right. Flying through the galaxy, saving babes, killing aliens. And the universe. Well, Did you ask him universe. if he would autograph that poster for me yet? He's a little busy right now, Nick. Um, <laughs> kind of have to wait, buddy. <laughs> that is really disappointing. Yes, and the the other uh, other voice you hear over there is uh, our other senior editor, and a uh, frequent quantum leaper, Nick Santangelo. Oh boy! I guess no one That's... actually watched that show. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Got you off guard. <laughs> no, I don't know what he's. The show That's Quantum Leap. I don't know what he's referencing because I've never seen that. People. Why are you guys so old? Somebody <laughs> listening remembers Quantum Leap, okay? I remember Quantum Leap. <laughs> I remember Quantum Leap. Okay. Said it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I didn't look that up on Google beforehand <laughs> while I was looking for names, you know. I'm just hoping that the next leap is the leap home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good job. Did that ring more true? Recovered was that nice. better? Recovered yes, nicely. that was better. Good yes. Job. Good job. Good job. So esoteric. You know, nor I, I would edit it all that together, but I want the, the audience to see you fail a little bit there. Okay. <laughs> Just a little. I hate you. Oh. <laughs> well, I love you, Real Nick. feelings coming out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but uh, this is MASHcast number 34, finally getting around to that. Uh, after, uh, I guess it's two weeks since our, our last official MASHcast. Um, and this is our, our brand new Friday, you know, MASHcast. You know, now, well, not brand new Friday. It's not a new MASHcast, but we're doing it on Fridays now. So you actually have two extra days to comment. Imagine that, guys. That's how much we like you. We'll give you two extra days to comment on stuff. We have changed the entire space-time continuum just yeah. to make you guys happy. Exactly. You know, Friday's oh, the new Monday. Good, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Rob, what you been playing? God, you sounded so sad about that. Like, as if anything I would play was going to disappoint you. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, I've been playing Dead Space 2. Jared is right. That game is ridiculous. I mean, I know it was ridiculous anyway, but actually playing it, the things that scare you in that game are not the things that are trying to kill you. At least for the most part. I, I have like not been scared by a necromorph yet, but like scared by things they do like in the environment. Like I was real glad I was playing during the day. Like I wouldn't play that game at night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um 
it did take a little bit away from it because I guess you know they include like DLC, like all the, the the free DLC and stuff with it for you know purchasing it on. I guess maybe just on Steam or just in general. Like I guess they consider it to be like whatever limited edition they probably had in stores for like consoles. But like it does take a little bit out of it to get to like the first checkpoint where you get your armor and stuff and to see like thirty weapons waiting for you. <laughs> so I'm like, oh well, that's hmm. That takes away some of the fear. Like, you yeah, know, now you, you can just like, blow oh, your way through the enemies. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I didn't really play Pat, like, much past that. But, you know, I'm sure I'm still going to be, I'm still going to be, you know, scared like a little ninny about stuff. Especially since it's not the Necromorphs that scare me. Um, also, I've been playing Frozen Synapse. Uh, it's excellent. Played it before, but, you know, just trying to get back into playing it again. It is definitely a thinking man's game. Uh, just very good, but not for everybody. Really isn't. And Skyrim. Skyrim, 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 Skyrim. Because I've been playing the crap out of Skyrim. I think I've, like, talked up, like, 50 hours in the last two weeks. Or probably more than that. And, like, all of those have been, like, actual me sitting there playing that game hours. Not like, oh, I got up and I went and made a sandwich and I've been doing some other stuff. And, oh, I forgot the game was on. Let me turn that off. Like, nope. Playing that game. That I had voiced a little bit of a complaint before that I don't know why everybody was like, man, Skyrim, blah, before the game even came out. But I, I still hold that opinion because you have to actually get into that game and be living in the skin of your character in that game for that game to really take hold of you. And it's taken hold of me. It's it's all sorts of excellent, though. So go get it. <laughs> if you have not played that game somehow, go get it. It's Welcome so worth aboard. it. Welcome aboard. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for a little bit, I was kind of getting into it, but then, like, the bugs is what, what pulled me right back out to reality. See, I, I missed all that. Got it after like, the patch and whatnot. Like, dude, like, I had a, I had, like, you know, I, I came out of this dungeon, right? And I see, like, a mammoth sitting at, like, this lake or pond or whatever. It's drinking water. And I'm like, oh, okay. I need to get one of those tusks. And, dude, like, another mammoth fell from the sky and died. Oh, you like, fell for the old falling mammoth trick. Oh, dude, like, I was just like, oh. That's how oh. they hunt. <laughs> that's, that's how they hunt. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> dude, I was just like, I, I mean, I was grateful that I didn't actually have to go and fight this thing and, and kill it. Yeah, I, that one just fell from the sky. I mean, obviously, God <laughs> wanted me to have, you know, that tusk. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. At a giant that is always with a mammoth somewhere, no matter where you are, like there will be a giant that'll be like, "Oh, you tried to kill my mammoth? I'm coming after you!" And those motherfuckers are motherfuckers. They <laughs> fuck you up. Yeah, I've seen videos. Like, well, did they ever fix, fix that glitch where, like, when they hit you, you fly like a million feet in the air? I think that still happens, but I haven't been clobbered by one in a while. Uh, it doesn't like knock you like a bajillion feet in the air. Like you can be hit by one, and it like will knock you back like a good like maybe ten feet or so, and like mess up your aim. But it's definitely more within the lines of like reality, quote unquote, instead of like not you like flying through the air and over a mountain or something. Yeah, that's like nothing. When I got hit with one the week it released, I think I might have said this before on the Mashcast. I got hit so high that it reloaded my last save before I hit the ground. <laughs> that's, all, yeah. that's really good i saw a video where like the i guess the giant was chasing a guy 
and a bear got close to the to the uh, to the giant, and it hit, and it hit the bear, and it, the bear just yes, like, yeah. flying <laughs> over a mountain. I was like, oh my god, like yeah, it's yeah. So I I haven't actually I didn't have to fight any giants because the mammoth tusk came to me. <laughs> you know, like it just dropped from the sky, and that was it. So, but uh, Dick, what you been playing? Uh not a whole lot. I got Assassin's Creed and Deus Ex for Christmas, and I was going back and forth on which I wanted to play first. Ended up going with Assassin's Creed Revelations. So I've been playing that. I just finished the game last night, and I'm pretty sure that the revelation is in the game is that the hook blade has two parts, the hook and the blade. <laughs> <laughs> that is the big bombshell that they drop, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's what I meant. talked about in the review, like, yeah, I mean that that was a total troll. Like, how are you gonna call the game Revelations and you don't reveal anything? I thought the ending was kind of cool until they were like, "See you guys in the next sequel." <laughs> yeah, uh, man, come on! That yeah, that cliffhanger wasn't even good like compared to the other Assassin's Creeds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the Assassin's Creed Two fighting all those guards and getting on the truck. And you know, with Brotherhood, yeah, that's like a spoil like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody, you know. But yeah, that like what happens at the end that was a huge cliffhanger. This one's just like, see you next time, <laughs> you know, pretty much like Coming you know, soon, Assassin's Creed Five or whatever it is they're up to now. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it was like, yeah, I uh, even the stuff like out and nothing. Uh, even if they would have did something like they did with the, uh, you know, Subject 16 with the memories and the piece them together and the puzzles, that could have revealed something. But they didn't even have that this game, you know? Instead, they had those stupid Desmond yeah, the Tetris. And that was like, yeah. I felt like Portal for Retards. Yeah, it was. Person, uh, platform it was absolutely happens. terrible. Was, I felt like I was in preschool. Like, why am I putting building blocks together? <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was, like, it was yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I did actually enjoy the game. There was most of the new shit they added to it, like the tower defense, is, is absolutely horrendous. Is absolutely awful. It has no redeeming quality whatsoever. But like this, the main gameplay has any redeeming quality in that game. Like that was the thing that got me. I was like, wow, I don't, mm -mm. <laughs> not this part. Don't like this. Could be. Yeah, I think itself is still pretty much the same thing it's been for the last three, and it, it's still fun, but it's getting to the point. We just we've said before. I'll, I'll cut this short. Um, just I don't know if I'm gonna keep buying these every year because it's, it's they run out of ideas here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious to see exactly what they do. Like uh, the best announcement I can hear from Ubisoft right now is that Assassin's Creed Three is pushed back to 2013. That would be the best yeah, news I can hear from awesome. them. Yeah, I think that if they did that at E3, they get a roaring applause <laughs> of roaring. Applause, like, yes, thank you. Stop messing up our game. All right, so that's that's Enough all you've been playing. And blades. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> you've been playing, Nick. That is it, yes. Hooking and blading people. What about you? Uh, not for it, for it, for you know, being 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 in two weeks and everything. Like, I didn't really play that much. Um, of course, I played StarCraft 2, but other than that, I played uh, three games I played Crisis 2, Bulletstorm, and Modern Warfare 3. Now, Crisis 2 surprised me. You know, like, I waited to... Like, I played it before. Like, I played it a little bit back when it first came out at a friend's house. And I really didn't play it much. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait for, like, a Steam sale. But then EA did the whole thing where they started stripping games off of Steam. So I was like, well, I'll just wait for Amazon. 
and a couple weeks back Amazon uh, had it for 30 bucks so I was like okay so I bought it for 30 bucks and um, then I waited <laughs> I, I, I had it I waited and then I think like uh, the Friday before Christmas I installed that game and I played it like Friday through Sunday the game is phenomenal I, I, I really like the game it's, it's one of my favorite games from last year the um First of all, it looks great. I played it on PC. I was running it with DX11 with the high-res texture update, and it was still running at 60 frames per second. Um, a, a couple of the changes they made to the suit were really cool. The AI was actually pretty smart. Like, they fought as units, you know, like unlike Modern Warfare, where they just, like, you know, enemies just come out of a slot machine, it feels like. <laughs> but um, Yeah, yeah like, that definitely happens. They fall out yeah, of the but, sky like mammoths. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like they, the enemies, like you know, if there's a whole bunch of them and they and they saw you, they would start shooting in your your direction. But you know, all while falling back to cover, you know. And then even if you were being stealthy, because the whole thing about Crisis Two, like you can either go in guns blazing, or you can literally st- be as stealthy as you want to be, or you know, as stealthy as you can be, and not really alert a whole bunch of people. Like you could play that game like it's Metal Gear in reality if you really wanted to. Um, so like, you know, once, uh, you know, if you, let's say you kill the enemy, right. And another one of the, uh, enemies went to go, you know, radio him and he didn't respond, they would check it out. And then if they didn't see him or if they sent somebody else to check it out and that person didn't respond afterwards, cause you know, you killed them, they were like calling for backup and stuff like that. It's crazy. Like depending on how you play will determine how many people you actually fight during the game. Because if you can stealth everybody, they can't call for backup and therefore you won't kill like unnecessary people. If you don't want to, you can progress through. It's, it, it was really well done. Very, it, very well. done. It's pretty awesome. How, if you die in the game and have to play through the same sequence again, you will oftentimes experience a completely different set of events. Yeah. That is very true. You know, it's it all determines like who you kill at what time, if you get caught, where you get caught, all that stuff. What weapons? You, yeah, it's it's really good. Well they done, Gradek. Well done. Well done. You have definitely redeemed yourself in my eyes. Like, I'm actually looking forward to Crisis Three. I'm looking forward to Far Cry Three. I'm even looking forward to Homefront Two. Like <laughs> because of what happened in Crisis Two. You know, so don't lose that talent. You know. Um, Bulletstorm, another game. Like I talk shit on Bulletstorm. I will openly say that. Like when that when Bulletstorm came out, yes, I talked shit on it did. because. <laughs> well, well, here's my defense. Here's my defense. The advertising. It is the advertising's fault. Why I don't. I think the game did what it did. Like I mean, Epic says the game didn't do bad, but I think it would have been better if they didn't have that shitty advertising and that shitty demo. Like the demo really wasn't like a representation of a game. There were so many other places they could have had the demo that was so much better, you know, than that that segment they showed in the demo. They also chose to do it in Echoes mode, which just like there's no story in it. Like there's nothing that's that can show you that you had you wouldn't have expected from the game already it's just a straight running gun through like as fast as you can pretty much yeah it was a poor choice but but yeah that's what i was gonna say like you know in the advertising they made it seem like the game was gonna just have raunchy dumb toilet humor that's what they made it seem like and that wasn't the case like the game was they were the characters were actually they were really funny and the characters actually had personality you know, likable personalities, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, like, the bad guy 
was just he was like a like a smart ass and it was like funny the way they would interact with each other yeah he was you know? straight up like a crazier version of the drill sergeant from full metal jacket that's that's what he was <laughs> yeah so like it, it wasn't all toilet humor and stuff like that which was it was just it was really cool i i really did like bulletstorm i mean un unbelievably fun from start to finish like it is crazy how fun the game was because you're not just going down mowing through and you know mowing enemies down you're actually like trying to get the skill shots it's like well if i shoot this guy in the nuts and i run up to him kick his head off i'll get that skill shot or like if i could flip that guy in the air and then shoot a flare up his ass you know i get you know x skill shot which you can actually shoot flares in people's asses and they'll explode and it is hilarious my first experience with this was with a mini boss it was great had a great time. I r- highly recommend Bulletstorm to anybody who plays first-person shooters. Really, I do. Um, now, let's talk about Modern Warfare 3 for a second. And I, before the podcast, I was, you know, I told Nick and Rob, I was like, I really didn't know how much worse. Like, I didn't think they could make Modern Warfare 2 worse. Wait, this game didn't win you over now that you've played it? No. Like, oh, wow. Oh. thought something entirely different. Like, I didn't think, like, because I, I thought... <laughs> I thought Modern Warfare 2, and especially in terms of single player, was a, it was a shitty game. It was a shitty short game, okay? Um, Modern Warfare 3 just took that to a whole new level. Like, there were parts of the game where you're, like, there's active fighting going on. Like, you're in an active battle zone, but you're not shooting anybody. You're carrying the guy that's hurt while your squad members are shooting at enemies. What is that? There, there were parts where, like, um, they will actually say there was at least one part where, like, you, you, you there was the first SAS mission, and those anybody who played would know what I'm talking about, and you have to be all stealthy and stuff, right? So you're moving through the quarters all stealthy. Any time I would go to aim at somebody, the NPC would just kill them. Like I didn't, like I didn't shoot anybody for like the first couple minutes of that whole mission, and there were several enemies for me to kill. Like, how is that even fun? Like, is, I, why did you even give me a gun? Why did you even give me a gun? It's a shooting gallery, except they gave you a fake gun, and then the guy who runs the booth has the real gun, and he just shoots everything for you. Yeah, dude. That's was, kind of what it is. Uh, it actually, like, when I actually did, like, actually shoot at people, it was a shooting gallery. Like, you, it's supposed to put quotes on, uh, quotations on this, but a military shooter, and yet, like, no, and then the enemies are acting in squads. They're just coming out, and, you know dying pretty much that's what was happening no regard to what you're actually doing if you're shooting at them they're still running around like uh they might as like they should take out the 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 hans zimmer music that they had in there and put like you know some ragtime charlie chaplin type music because that's what it was like (laughs) it was just pure comedy it was uh, it was ridiculous so that game luckily i didn't i didn't i didn't pay um I didn't really pay. Actually, no, I didn't pay full price for that game. I got like 25% off. And the only reason I even bought it was because I wanted to do a comparison editorial between Crisis 2, Bulletstorm, Modern Warfare 3. Uh, I'll probably play Battlefield 3 some more. You know, just to compare like the biggest shooters from last year, the the AAA shooters from last year. And I just wanna I wanna write about why is why why the fuck is Modern Warfare the best considered the best shooter on the market, you know? Cause it sells the most. Dude, it's it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable. They that, had the best that, launch parties. 
<laughs> Dude, I, I it's I, I think it's just totally un- unbelievable that 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 people love that game. Like I, 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 it's it's dead. Like Call of Duty, the series itself was dying. It is now dead to me. After Modern Warfare Three, it's it's over. It's not coming back. Yeah, I'm. I can't purchase another one. Like it, like unless like the next one, like everybody. Like you guys tell me, like you wouldn't believe how good this game is. It's not happening, dude. Unbelievable. I'm even mad at myself for G- just purchasing this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because now I'm part of the, the problem. Yeah, exactly. I'm part of the problem. I can't say much though. I bought it too, but you know that was under the auspices that I might have to do the review or something. So, yeah. I'm getting a little bit too upset. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about Modern Warfare anymore. Actually, shit, one of our topics is Modern Warfare. Great. So we'll wind up coming back around to it anyway. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the topics. The first topic we have is, you know, rumors, I guess. it's not. I think it's more than a rumor. But it, uh, it is a rumor that there is a God of War 4 in the works. Um, basically the composer for the God of War series recently it was found on his resume uh, that he worked on the God of War 4 soundtrack Um, now I mean like it's unconfirmed so there's a good chance that that is just like I guess the code name like who knows what actually is going to happen like you know maybe it'll be a PSP game maybe it'll be a PS3 game but it won't be in line with the series the way it is now Cause, I mean, I'm well, not a God of War game instead of PSP. If it's anything, mm, that's true. Yeah, I mean, didn't he kill all of the gods? I mean, I'm not a huge God of War fan. Like, there he killed everybody. Vent- that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I mean, like that's unless he's gonna kill another pantheon of some other gods. Like he he killed all of the Greek, the you know, Greek gods. <laughs> like they're all gone. Really, Vishnu is in so much trouble. <laughs> you know, it's not even funny. Actually, did you see that Penny Arcade? Where it was like, well, who's who's Kratos gonna kill next? And it has a picture, like it has yes, him standing across that. Jesus and you know the hand of God. Yeah, that was some nice work on their part. Well done, Penny Arcade. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, pretty much that. That's it. I mean, I'm. I mean, they they, they can definitely, uh, I guess, whip up a story and make a God of War four. You know, maybe it's actually gonna be a drama now, talking about his new position. <laughs> As the as the god killer, and uh, I don't know how people are responding to him. Nobody likes me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I still have God of War three sitting in my rack, wrapped up. Like I said, I actually need to play that. That's after I beat God of War one and two HD collection. <laughs> so it's yeah, really good too. There. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's excellent. Great games, but it's probably not going to surprise anyone that they're making another one. You know, this is yeah. like. Uh, I mean, how many times this generation people are like, this is going to close out our saga? And then like five minutes later, they're like, by the way, we're we're making the next game. Shh, don't tell anybody. Exactly. Like, come on. I think like the problem is like they, I think people are afraid to get into new IPs. Like, you know, like just with a couple weeks ago, you know, talking about Metal Gear Solid 5, like it should be over. The way Metal Gear Solid 4 ended, it should be over. There should be no 5. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, Kojima's, like, kind of a different story. Like, he he may come at it from a new angle that you may not expect, because, I mean, he kind of messed with everybody in Metal Gear Solid 2, but still, all the same. Like, 
this i mean you guys pretty much said it but like this is emblematic of the corporate you know hierarchy being scared of like trying something new you know we need we need another we need another one of our killer ips you know yada 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 um they can put some sort of story together it'll be all right uh i guess like hopefully like god of war 4 is just a code name because i think that's my biggest problem is that they're gonna call it god of war 4 <laughs> like because i'm like you could do something else with kratos and like you know like it, you know it could still be okay but um i just i just hope they call it something other than god of war 4 just start calling it god of war you know colon you know resurrection whatever it is like just not don't keep numbering it because it's not really the same series anymore. Like it's kind of sending the wrong message, but yeah, whatever. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. And I understand the trepidation that the publishers have for, you know, just abandoning these wildly successful IPs and starting something new. But you know what? At some point, God of War was new at some point, Metal Gear Solid was new, you know? So you got to try sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I guess we'll see in the future. You know, we know what's going on. We'll probably hear something about it by E3, if not at E3 itself, I would say. So we'll just, I guess, keep our ear to the ground regarding that. Uh, next on the list, uh, like I said, we Modern Warfare 3 is the topic we're talking about today. But this is actually uh, kind of some, some hate on Modern Warfare 3. Well, not that that's new or anything. But uh, specifically, um, veterans. Well, not veterans, but a specific veteran. Um, a U.S. Army Special Operations uh, Command Paratrooper, D.B. Grady, uh, thinks that the marketing for Modern Warfare is, uh, is hideous. And I'll read his quote here. Uh, and this is, I believe this is regarding the advertisement with, um, the you vet, know. The noob. Yeah, yeah the vet, the noob. and Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah, you're better than me because I was going to say, you know, the dude who ruined Terminator <laughs> and the guy from Superbad. <laughs> That's that who guy. I was going to go with. Yeah, that guy. You've seen um, it. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen this trailer. So yeah, yeah. What are these? Uh, and actuality, looked at it, and I was like, eh, you know, for Modern Warfare, like it, it's not terrible, you know, considering what Modern Warfare, it, you know, is and how bad it is. But yeah, right. Well, he uh, his quote says uh, the advertisement trivializes, uh, trivializes combat and sanitizes war. Uh, this is if this were September 10th, 2001, maybe it wouldn't be uh, quite so bad. Those who are too young to remember Vietnam might indulge in combat fantasies of resting heart rates while rocket-propelled grenades whiz by and flinty glares while emptying a magazine into an enemy. It says, but after 10 years of constant war, thousands of amputees and flag-draped coffins of hundreds of grief-stricken family, uh, uh, sorry, grief-stricken communities, did nobody involved in this commercial raise a hand and say, you know, this might be a little, uh, probably a little crass. Maybe we should just show footage from the game. And, um, I mean, I, I of course, I can't have the same perspective as him. You know, I'm not a combat veteran or anything like that. But I can see where he, where he's coming from. Um, you know, games like Call of Duty do kind of trivialize, you know, actual modern combat. But, you know, I guess from the, the developer's perspective, they're not really trying to make a realistic game. And I'm sorry, if any of you think that Modern Warfare is anywhere near realistic, you need a reality check, dude. Seriously. But, you know, yeah, it's just I, I, I can see his point, but the the developers themselves... Uh, actually, this isn't even really about the developers, so I guess it's, it's kind of pointless to bring them into it. Um, 
from the marketing perspective, I really don't know what they were thinking. Just, you know, how can we make Bobby Kotick more money? Right. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, that obviously we cannot see this through the same eyes as uh, as this guy, Grady. And I, I don't want to make light of his service to our country and, and how he feels. You know, he has every right to feel that way. And here's the thing, he's right. It def- definitely does trivialize it. Uh, Jim Sterling over Destructoid said, you know, well, well, basically said, welcome to our culture for the past 10 years. And I kind of thought the same thing. And really, even not even the last 10 years, like, you know, welcome to just American culture in general. Probably go back 50 years, probably even longer. Like, we've been trivializing war for so long. Um, he takes prof- particular offense to it, given all the uh, military engagements we've been in over the last 10 years. And yeah, you got that whole, you know, pre 9 11, post 9 11, everything's different. But it, I mean, it, it's a stupid commercial. And again, like Jared said, like obviously war isn't really like that. But there's a million movies and other video games and commercials and toy guns and other shit that trivialize war just as much. And, and where was he two months ago? You know, this thing's been out there for a while. Yeah. Well, maybe he just got back. Maybe, maybe, and if he did, I apologize if that's the case. In all, in all seriousness. Maybe who knows, but I mean, uh, I, the only thing I, that that I would uh, I would say my concern is that uh, the advertising like this, or even maybe games like this, may uh, I guess lessen the the impact, or I guess maybe the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, lessen the respect for what I, what the what the troops actually do or what it's really like. You know, in war situations, like you know, you have you do have a, a large uh, a large uh, group of youth growing up with games like this, and they may think that you know being in the military is kind of easy because of the weapons we have, and we you know one soldier blows through seventy two enemies you know every day. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's rude because like in a way it's almost like recruitment games because like there is a generation that grew up with this that thinks that that is how warfare works and that like it's awesome and like, i think that's why you saw like not even just because of 9-11 but like why you see so many like so many like post recruitment numbers even when like iraq even after the iraq war had been going on for a little bit and like recruitment numbers were still pretty like pretty up there like there's a whole generation of kids that you know turn 18 and they're like yeah man i'm gonna go do that you know like there's something to be said for that but i mean outside of all that like i i actually have to say like you 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 do have to bring the publishers into it a little bit but really like i don't disagree with what the guy is saying i I don't disagree with it at all you you kind of can't like yeah it's hard to. i mean like you're not even just from like a perspective of like oh i haven't been where he's been haven't been in his shoes but also from the point of like it does like you you can watch the commercial and even if you haven't set foot into a combat scenario you know that that's trivializing war like it's supposed to it is written as a joke almost you know like but it it very much is just the that's what that's what games are right now though you know it's it's that's what the audience wants they they don't want deeper intricacies they don't want moral gray areas they don't want you know I, i would love to see somebody make a game that gave you ptsd like just one just one was all that all it's all it would take and like you all and like you wake up with fucking nightmares and you don't think war is funny anymore you know like that kind of thing but uh it's you know, popular but they media in general 
Right, but it's, they, it's not just this. Like, where, whereas he talks about, and I agree, it's really not funny when you know you have veterans coming home. Obviously, I'm sure everyone would agree with you know missing limbs and such. But where was the outrage when uh, like Ben Stiller makes a joke about it being shot to pieces in Tropic Thunder? You know, like it, it's every bit as stupid and it's every bit as trivializing. It is, but at the same time, like the, we well, we're talking about gaming for one thing, and I'm and I and I don't want to be the person that's like you know, other media could do what it wants, you know, like we're talking like we're gaming, like we should be trying to be, I guess, a little better, you know. We can you, you can have, but you can have Tropic Thunder if you have you know Apocalypse Now, you know, you you can you can have that if you have. Uh, you know, Jarhead and well, maybe Jarhead's not really a great example, but you know, if you have like Platoon. other movies that take, yeah, take war more seriously, you could yeah. have a, a, when's the last game that did that? Like what's the last game that was, was the, the full metal jacket or the, you know, the apocalypse now of our gener- like of, of any generation of, of war games, you know, that's a fair point. Actually, like home front could have been it, but was it? No, nope. was not. Yeah. So, I mean, it was for two minutes, right? <laughs> like, right. The, the opening <laughs> glory is two minutes. Plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but anyway, like, yeah, but, but that's what the audience is that they don't want, they don't want to, moral gray areas they don't want to think about the other side of combat they don't want to think about civilians you walk through all these games you can't kill any civilians all that kind of stuff you know like there is no there's no wrong answer like you are you are always right you are always doing the right thing you know like because you're america fuck yeah you know all that stuff but it's funny because it's like they don't care what it trivializes so long as it's not the gun they're holding. You know, if if they're not holding a an accurate looking M1A4, that's a problem. You know, or if the attachments don't look right, that's a problem. But trivializing war, not a problem. And that's games. Uh, unfortunately, that's games right now. All the war games that are out, all those games that claim to be so modern, that's what games are. And it, it's <laughs> like that that's it's the this is not shot. a unique instance right nothing about Clearly this is unique not. this is this is what the audience wants so that's what they make um the only thing i do have to say is i hate the whole like september 11th reference like because of september 11th this is not okay this wasn't okay before september 11th like i i hope maybe he's just using it saying september 11th because not so much as a rallying cry for like people to be like yeah yeah you're right you yeah, know september 11th that was terrible but like i hope he's using it as that led to the like, our most recent conflict, so it should be more fresh in everybody's mind. That, but like he doesn't mention the war; he mentions September 11th. I'm like, that's not a reason. Like it was a problem before that. You know, it well, just doesn't does get a whole lot of military, press. You know, Iraq and Afghanistan in the last 10 years. But I think you're right about that. Like, right? It was people a, don't pay as much attention. It's not. Yeah, and it and it hasn't been a, and a it's been a problem before 9/11. But it's also like it it's more modern combat in general but like it's been we've been trivializing world war ii for years you know decades maybe like or at least at least a good decade in games so modern warfare 3 is just a pinnacle of a problem that's already existed so all right so uh i'm pretty sure he is not the only one that feels that way uh but i guess he's the first that really spoke out about it that much uh, but moving on to our next topic um I guess a little bit of good news, well, more than a little bit of good news for Nintendo, who uh, once again uh, is uh, bucking bucking the trend or bucking the odds, you know that uh, uh, you know the speculators and and uh, you know analysts set set for it, you know, saying that you know 
basically they were going downhill and the 3DS wasn't going to make it uh, by, you know, breaking some records <laughs> over Christmas weekend. Dude! Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Right. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, that's the wrong sound bite. That's the wrong <laughs> sound bite. <laughs> I got confused. I'm just so used to saying that. Yeah, so uh, the 3DS over... Uh, the weekend over the Christmas weekend sold um, 500,000. Oh, sorry, 510,623 units over the Christmas weekend. Now, I understand um, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's like more which, than a couple. And that breaks a record, which they had that record that they broke during Christmas weekend. They had just broke it the previous weekend with uh, 367,691 units. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, they broke records two week uh, two weeks in a row, uh, and on top of that, both Mario Kart Seven and Super Mario 3D Land uh, over Christmas weekend. Had, well, not they didn't just sell it over Christmas weekend, but you know the total accumulated. They have now sold over 100 million units, and that was as of Christmas weekend. I don't even have the numbers from today, or well, that you know will be you know for today, which I'm pretty sure is is more. Um, so yeah, Nintendo, you know kind of saying you know what now what are you saying now which i really haven't heard any analysts speak about it since nintendo started kicking ass you know on black friday the only thing i saw was uh like there was an analyst that said like and i don't even have like the name but it was basically somebody had like a post and it said like analysts say that nintendo is like out of the woods and i'm like oh that's funny that's funny that it took them, you know, they had to sell, like, they had to, like, break all sorts of records and stuff to, you know, to, to be out of the woods. Not that they were doing great before, but it's just it's just weird that, like, analysts change their tune the second that you prove them wrong. It's just, like, people who just stand there and say one thing until it comes true, and then they can be like, hey, I'm an analyst, I'm right, you know. But really, I just want to say yay for Nintendo, don't fuck it up. That's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Let's it's keep... funny. Go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead, Nick. No, you go ahead. All right, Nick. I will then. God damn All right. It. Um, yeah, it's speaking of keeping it up, really, we we need to see continued releases of quality software. Like these two are definitely that sort of evergreen game that that Nintendo, you know, first brought that up all those years ago. And we're all like, yeah, sure, whatever, Nintendo, you're crazy. And then they went ahead and did that whole evergreen thing. And like, oh, my God, people are still buying Mario Kart Wii. What the hell? So these two will continue to sell, but we need more software on this thing. You got Resident Evil coming up, and you got Kid Icarus, which is great. But we need, we still need to see more, especially from the third parties. So hopefully, we get some more big announcements. You know, with uh, CS and GDC and E3 coming in the uh, over the next six months. So hopefully, they pick up. But definitely, this is awesome for Nintendo. I guess they got that money printing firmware update working. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because that the the whole you know, analyst apocalypse things are happening mainly because Nintendo set high uh, expectations that were too high for themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the 16 whole thing, million in the first year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, the, was the, goal. yeah, like it was like really high, the, the number that they had set. And they were basing that off of the success of the DS. And I mean, it's kind of their own fault that they, they just thought the 3DS would pick up where the DS left off. And it's also their fault that they priced it too high with no real software to support it. You know, Definitely. so that, yeah, that is their fault. But just because, you know, they were like high achievers and aiming high and they kind of missed that goal. And I was like, oh, Nintendo's doomed. They should stop making hardware. I'm like, are you, are you serious? They should stop making hardware? Because they're, you know, 
because they didn't get a you know an A plus, they got an A minus. They should stop making hardware. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they should dismantle their entire business model on your say so because they didn't do what you thought yeah. they should do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Idiots like, have been I've been yelling that since the N64 days. And meanwhile, Nintendo quietly goes about its business of making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, dude. It's like telling somebody who you know who's aiming for a 4.0 GPA because they got a 3.5. They should drop out of college. Yeah, you know it's, it's only if you have a tiger mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo don't. Ah, <laughs> now Nintendo's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, Nick. Totally redeeming yourself from earlier. Look at you. That's sweet. I'm proud. Talk about that old boy thing again. Oh crap. Yeah. Oh crap. <laughs> All right, so we actually go from some old n- great Nintendo news to some not so great news for Sony. Um, Vita has not been selling well as analysts think it should. <laughs> I should say they're always great, um, as we just discussed. Yeah, exactly. They they know exactly what they're talking about. But to give you the lowdown on the Vita um, this week specifically. Um, and I'm not sure about last week, but this week, and I believe this is the this is the third week the Vita has been out. Yes. In Japan, um, the Vita was outsold by the PSP. Um, the Vita sold 42,648 units to the PSP's 62,746 units. I wasn't gonna read too deeply into that, but I'm gonna get into that a little later. Um, but the the first week sales for the Vita were, you know. 300,024, sorry, 324,859. But the next week after that, it had a 78% drop-off, which uh, dropped to uh, 72,479 units that they sold the next week. And then, of course, they sold less units this week. Um, The reason I didn't read too deeply into the into the Vita being outsold by the PSP is the fact that I'm pretty sure, like, you know, I don't know what the, what the conversion is in yen, but can't you get, like, Vita, you know, PSPs over here for a hundred bucks? That was now, my like, main thought, was that, like, yeah. price, price is definitely, like, they were already cheap, but prices definitely probably dropped since Vita came out over there. Like, yeah, people exactly. are trying to move them now, so they're probably on sale. Exactly. So, I mean, like, I wouldn't even read too deeply into that. Um, they acted like, I mean, they're, they're acting like, you know, the PSP was the DS, you know, and it wasn't. I mean, the PSP wasn't, was never incredibly popular. Now, personally, I love my PSP. I actually like it more than my, my DS, but it, the, the PSP wasn't really, like, extra popular. So, I mean, the Vita is 250 bucks. The same price is well. It's gonna be in U.S. That is, you know, it's gonna be two hundred fifty bucks. The same price. Uh, actually, isn't they, can't you get an Xbox three hundred and sixty for cheaper? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they they do sell right. Xboxes for one ninety nine. I yeah. mean, so I mean, it's up in kind of like you know that price range. I mean, I would definitely expect like a slow start, and especially as it gets cheaper, it's gonna you know sell more. So I don't see what the big deal is to be honest, honest with you. You know, everybody wants dedicated handhelds to fail because everybody predicted that mobile gaming was going to overtake dedicated handhelds, and they want to be right. Exactly. Um, I mean, the, the only thing is, like, I, I guess, like, it, it's a little bit kind of worrying, you know, because Japan is so usually, you know, pro Sony and whatnot. But at the same time, like, the, the, I guess, the thing that's not getting said is that out of the top four slots, three of the slots were Sony. Like, it was 3DS. And then it was 
PS3, PSP, Vita. So I'm like, that's not really, that's not bad. <laughs> you know, like, what, at yeah. what point is that really a bad thing? And if you want to, like, say, you know, oh, it dropped so much over that, over that week or whatever, like, I mean, honestly, like, if 3DS sold, you know, 510 units over, over that week, and I guess it's probably worldwide, you know, I, it, it only sold 200,000 this past week. So it's like, isn't that, you know, I don't know what the numbers, what the split is, but like, isn't that, a, I mean, I'm sure they drop too. So it's kind of tough to be like, oh yeah, man, it's so, so terrible and wrong and everything is horrible. Like it will pick up, you know? And, and I also think that they don't really have like a Japanese killer app. Like Uncharted Golden Abyss is undoubtedly very good. I've seen nothing but great things about it. It's not a Japanese killer app. Like it just isn't. Right. Like That's when you start seeing a Western yeah. appeal game. And when you start seeing like, you know, Japanese color apps, I'm sure you'll see it pick up. But right now, like on top of like they had, you know, they had their, their few, their, a couple of launch issues and stuff. And you have like all the people that, you know, went out and rounded them up like in big numbers, like on the opening weekend. So I think you're going to see it slow down until it releases worldwide. Then those numbers start to look a little, little better, a little more normal, you know. It'll, yeah, because the Japanese publishers want to bring their games for the most part worldwide right. too you know because obviously there's a bigger audience everywhere else than just japan um you know obviously some of those games that are japan only really but i i think that's the big thing like rob said because look at the 3ds what did it what did it take for that thing to really take off sure it's got a little bit better with the price job price price drop excuse me um but it really wasn't until you got not one but two mario games mario kart and super mario 3d land and then it explodes. So we'll probably see something similar with the Vita once it, it also, starts to get some serious games. It also bears mentioning that, that I mean, like, 360 historically does very bad in, in Japan, but the 360 is, you know, like, number seven on the list, like, under Wii and the DSi XL, and, like, it sold, like, a tenth of what the Wii sold over that period, and nobody is calling for, you know, Microsoft dying or anything like that. Like and and the Vita also the Wii as well. So maybe we should start a nasty rumor like that. Yeah, like uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not so bad, really. Yeah, so it, I think it's it, it's just way too early to you know actually start calling death on the Vita, but that's not going to stop people. Um, well, you know, of course we'll keep an eye on it, and, and then you know I guess the real test uh, will be you know how it does in the U.S. the first year, not just the first three weeks, the first year. Yeah, so, it's worth yeah. noting, but we got to see more until we can make a any kind of real judgment. Yeah, they're not going to drop out if it doesn't do well in the first three weeks that's out. So give us some time. <laughs> Right. So moving on to our next topic, um, there's actually some good news for Xbox Live indie game developers. Uh, Microsoft recently released, uh, not necessarily a statement, but an update, I guess you can say, that did a few things. Uh, first of all, um, there is a uh, maximum uh, game size. It increased, from, uh, it increased from 150 megs to 500 megs, which obviously a substantial um going from 150 megs to uh 500 megs um also there's a new limit for 80 uh 80 point games or i guess games that you can sell for a dollar 
basically, the, the rule was beforehand that if your game was over 50 megabytes, which, just to get, you know, as an example, folks, like, especially for you guys who don't download the MASHcast or just get it through iTunes, the MASHcast is typically about 114 or 15 megs. Okay, so you have a whole game that if it's over 50 megs, the the least they could charge for it was uh, two to three bucks, I believe. Actually, I'm sorry. I think it's like three to five dollars was what they would have to charge yeah. for a 50, anything over um, 50 megs. Now the game could be 150 megabytes, which was the limit before, and it can be 80, you know, 80 bucks. So basically that's going to give developers the, uh, the opportunities to, one, make better games that they can actually sell for a dollar if they wanted to. And if they, you know, if they put the extra effort into it to make a, an even larger game, you know, then they can sell it, you know, for three, four bucks. So basically they have the opportunity to make better games, <laughs> period. They have, they have a, a larger, a larger limit. Uh, also there's, um, more develop more titles each developer can uh can put into xbox live indie games um i believe it was 10 before and now the limit is 20 so yeah it's all i think all good news for xbox live indie developers i mean i'm pretty sure this doesn't this this, this definitely doesn't fix every problem they have with the system no, it's like, all better know. now yeah i mean oh. you, you gotta <laughs> still fixed. be able to go find all their games is i think it's still a major Probably exactly. a major stick, you know, sticking point with a lot of people who do develop for them, but I think that 360 has seen the, you know, Microsoft seen the, the maybe like the the jumping ship, all the rest, you know, the restlessness and discontent, and people going other places and going to Steam and selling, you know, gangbusters, and you know, are, are maybe not necessarily feeling like a hit, but don't want to see all those people like jump ship on them you know lose all that indie game talent doing stuff even though they're really not they weren't really doing much to try and keep them this is kind of like olive branch sort of yeah this is like hey we're listening we're listening but this they still have lots of work to do like they definitely have to get the the indie games channel unburied from where it is right now and then they still have unless i miss something there's still that whole issue with the rating system you know right it, being, you know yeah, being able to be gamed problem. you know so yeah there's, there's still definitely work to do but i think um i think this at least shows their good intentions but they have i mean if i was indie dev i'd be like okay i'm listening now you know, I'm listening to see, you know, I'm looking to see what else you're going to do if you're really trying to help us out. Or you're just kind of like, you know, well, screw the indie devs. At least it looks like they don't have that attitude. They're just saying, screw the indie devs. Uh, but I guess we'll see what happens. We will see what happens with that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we might see about talking to, to a couple of indie devs ourselves and see how they actually feel about the changes. You know, because we're cool like that. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um. I'm but what's. Cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nick isn't, but I I have all the swagger, so it's all good. It evens out. It evens out, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Moving on to our next topic, um, not really uh, a news item, but still kind of notice, uh, not noticeable, uh, but notable, I should say. Um, couple of uh, um, I guess uh, top brass or key players from from EA Dice Studio, key designers had, and programmers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have uh, left for, and we were debating on how to pronounce this. Uh, it's spelled N G M O C O, and I'm actually gonna pull up what that means in a second. So, but um, we weren't sure if it like you know the G was silent. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just Moco. 
Yeah, it's but it, it's it stands for um, Next Generation Mobile Company. I really think it's probably <laughs> just an action. It probably is Njimoko. Like, yeah. it, probably, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I just don't know why they put it all lowercase all together. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because... Yes, that's my question. <laughs> that makes us it harder for us journalists, you know what I'm saying? They hate so. us. We have this unpronounceable thing. Figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, have fun with that. Um, Let's make MTV all lowercase, and that's our only name from now on. Yeah. Match this We're just... Mm-tub. Yeah, there, there you go. That's how you say it. From now yeah, on. Someone tries to say MTV, we're like, no. Mm-tub. the actual uh, guys that left um, and I'm going to try my best with the names here alright I'm going to go with uh, for our our first senior he was a senior programmer uh, with credits on Battlefield 3 and Far Cry 2 Torbjorn Ladre what do you think Rob Uh, alright I think Torbjorn Ladre Torbjorn yeah there we go Bjorn, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, I know the artist, but um, <laughs> then there's also uh, and this kind of sounds like a like a like a WoW character, kind of. Wintertide. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's like Willie it's Wintertide. It's definitely not spelled that way, but it's Will Wintertide. <laughs> yeah, it's a W I N T E R T I D H. That's how you say his name, but his first name is Willie, so I just call him Willie for now. But he worked on Medal of Honor, uh, Mirror's Edge, and uh, Graw. Um, and then this, uh, well, the last senior programmer here also worked on Battlefield 3, Bulletstorm, and Mirror's Edge, all great games. Malt and that's Malte. Yep, there you go. Malt Hildixon. I just, I just take her all the pronunciations and whatnot. That's great. That one's actually <laughs> not that hard. No, that, yeah, one's not, not that hard. I was actually going to get that on the first try. Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. Th- thanks for believing in me. I'm not. Hey, I figured I'd just jump in since you, you were so sure you were going to butcher them all. <laughs> No, well, I think it's like multi Hildigason or something. Yeah, like that. does that sound uh, right, you guys? Yeah, but these uh, these guys, they uh, they went over to uh, Ng Moco is what we're officially gonna call them, uh, which is uh, Sweden. Um, I don't know. I just I'm like, really, you leave like a like a like a high end studio like Dice to go work for a mobile games company, like. Um, I mean, I, unless they, they who, who knows? They may do something incredible with those mobile games. They may do something so amazing that I totally change my stance on touchscreen games. But probably not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, how like how are you going to compare to a Battlefield Three, a Crisis Two? Now I'm not saying you have to make the same games. I'm just saying, how do you compare your previous work? You know, your previous work to what you're going to be working on now. You don't. You make enough money that it doesn't matter. And I think that's the main thing because, like, I wouldn't read too much into this. Like, I guess it is a little worrying that, like, you know, maybe some top flight talent is leaving, like, publishers to go to mobile game companies. But I don't think that is indicative of what is getting produced out of mobile game companies. I think it's more just along the lines of, like, right now it's the big, you know, it's the it's the hot thing, kind of like the the, you know, tech bubble you know back in the 90s and whatnot uh i feel like it's kind of the same thing and that there's so much money in it it's like oh you can go here you can make twice as much money you don't have to do as much work technically you're not working on a big budget game or work on something mobile it's not as hard to do you know you just got to really worry about how you're going to monetize it and all that kind of stuff and i feel like it it's you know that that like that clarion call of like more money <laughs> and i think that's i feel like that's all it is but it's hard to tell you know maybe some of these guys were really like that's what i want to do hard yeah, to say what? 
I'll, I know a couple. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. All I was going to say is that definitely a lot of people lately seem to be making this move. Um, it, it seems like a lot of these mobile companies and casual companies are getting like enormous lines of credit to go out there and you know just go nuts. Hey, people love Angry Birds, so you'll go make that again. Can, can you make like Angrier Birds or something? Or angry <laughs> fish angry or disgruntled guns. disgruntled fish. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, like you said, yeah, we we I mean we have no idea what they're working on, so maybe it'd be really cool. Probably not, but maybe. Yeah, so I mean, they actually, you kind of brought up what I was gonna uh, bring up myself: the fact that you know, well, first of all, a couple months ago, we talked about how a lot of developers or a survey. Uh, that showed uh, quite a few developers were looking to go independent or get away from the, you know, the big studios or the big publishers so they can kind of, you know, follow their own, you know, I guess, uh, creativity and make what they wanted to make. Uh, but, the, I mean, the point that I was going to bring up is that it's probably a lot easier for a mobile uh, developer to get funding than it is for just somebody who's going to go into just indie gaming and make, let's say, like a PC game or, you know, a games for Xbox Live Arcade. Because, you know, everybody, you know, everybody knows about mobile games right now, especially like, in you know, uh, financial analysts and stuff like that. So yeah, that's where they're investors. probably telling, yeah, <laughs> investors are telling, that's where you want to put your money, mobile games, that's what people are buying up. So it's, um... Yeah, that that's that's I guess that's probably why people are you know going on there because you know that's where the money is, or at least the new money. And on top of that, they get away from the bigger publishers and they probably have a bit more creative freedom to deal with. So that's that's just my speculation. You know, other people speculate. You know, hey, yeah, DS no, and 3DS is gonna kill Nintendo. I can speculate about this. I have that right. I think. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good you know good insight. I didn't really think about it from that perspective, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily worry about dice, but we just wanted to let you know that's what's happening. <laughs> okay. Um, but moving on to our next topic, we're actually going to talk a little bit about the most pirated games of 2011. Now these aren't 100% solid numbers. These are uh numbers that came from Torrent Frank Freak based off of uh you know analytics they had of, you know, public torrents and you know other torrents, but of course they don't have access or, you know, analytics on every single torrent uh that's out there. So uh the number uh for us to do PC first since it's the first on the page anyway. Uh so the most pirated game uh, out, out of anybody, period, is actually Crisis 2 with 3,920,000 um, torrents or downloads. Second to that is uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, which is at uh, 3,650,000, which I think that says a lot simply because, you know, Crisis 2 came out in like, what, March? That sounds right. April? Marchish. Marchy. You know? March. Yeah, and Call of Duty is like, uh, you know, right there, and that just came out like in, in November. Um, also, Battlefield 3 is kind of one's heels with, you know, 3,510,000. FIFA 12 with 3,390,000. This is for PC still. And then Portal 2 with 3,240,000. Um, now, I will say that not a single one of these companies, like, you know, publisher or developer, has come out of the woodworks or, you know, come out, come out of the rafters screaming about piracy. 
You know, they have they have not done that. With Maybe they're still on vacation. They're still on holiday break. Maybe, but <laughs> they're getting around <laughs> to it. Don't worry. Well, the thing is, and actually, I wrote up a piece about this. The thing is, like these um the uh, every one of these games made a lot of money. <laughs> like, for example, I mean, since uh you know since March. 3,920,000 copies of Crisis 2 have been downloaded. But by May, uh, May by May 4th of 2011, Crisis had already sold over 2 million units. So by now, I can only imagine that they have surpassed, you know, they have sold more units than have been pirated. You know? And then you can't even take this number, you know, we've talked about before, you can't even take this number and say, oh, you know, we lost... Three million nine hundred twenty. Right, because it's sales. not fully accurate. But. Exactly. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's the thing. All these games made a lot of money. Now, uh, the in terms of we, the most downloaded games are Super Mario Galaxy Two, um, which is at one million two hundred eighty thousand. Mario Sports Mix at one million ninety thousand. Xenoblade Chronicles at nine hundred fifty thousand. And Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, 870,000. And FIFA 12 at 860,000. Xenoblade's really interesting off of that and list. I would actually think that that's because most people over here were just thinking, or, you know, everyone but Japan think they, don't, they weren't going to get it. So they just. Yeah. Well, Europe and... knew they were getting it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, everyone in North America. But they want to like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, right. not as long as we, we've had to. They've already got it over there. Um, but we still wait till till April for that game. So I mean, I, I really hope that people still buy that game when it comes out over here, um, because everybody's every Wii owner, anyways. Or I shouldn't say every. That's not really correct. But a lot of Wii owners are still, you know, begging for the last story, which I talked about a little bit last week, to come over here. And if Xenoblade Chronicles comes out and nobody buys it, there's no way we're getting the last story. Ain't gonna happen. So, Definitely not. I mean, it's Nintendo's own fault for for delaying the damn thing forever. Not even delaying it, for just not even telling us, like, uh, maybe it'll come out, maybe it won't. I don't know. We're looking into it. I don't know. You know? But it's going to be gamers' own own problem if nobody buys that thing and then we don't get the last story. Yeah, so... Um... Now, the last thing they have here is Xbox 360 games. Uh, Gears of War was number one for the Xbox with 890,000. Call of Duty uh, uh, with Modern Warfare 3 was 830,000. Um, Battlefield 3 with 760,000. Forza Motor... Uh, I was going to say Forza Motor Port. <laughs> Forza Motor Sport at 720,000. And Connect Sports Season 2 at 690,000. Really? You know what the yeah, you know what the really? surprising thing to me on, on any of those lists is that because yeah. <laughs> you you mean to tell me that many people probably have connects but don't want to go out and get a game for it. You don't want to go out and actually go get a game for the thing that you spent like two hundred like a hundred and fifty dollars for. I yeah. mind blown. <laughs> just the, and the thing I'm thinking about is like you know what like who like no adults playing that you know, your kids are playing that you're stealing for your kids. Yep. I think Microsoft pirated itself just to make people think there was interest. <laughs> no, I don't actually think that. But that is that is yeah, yeah. really Look weird. Look how popular it is. It's almost as popular <laughs> as Battlefield, don't see? Yeah, you People know. People love Connect. As long as they yeah. don't have to pay. <laughs> exactly. Like I just actually I also find it funny that, you know, 
the Super Mario Galaxy Two has more, you know, more, more torrents. Yeah, yeah, more torrents than any Xbox 360 game. Yep. You know, I, I find that kind of amusing. Like, in wow. fact, the top three of we were downloaded more roundabout than like than <laughs> any of the 360 games. Yeah, that's and funny. Pirates of the Caribbean at four was. Just missed. Game just, three. just missed. And yeah. eat Call of Duty. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of great. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, you read into it whatever you want, really. I mean, pirates gonna pirate. I guess. Like we've already kind of said that before. Uh, I, to me, it's like okay, it's just a list, really. I, it doesn't give any great insight into the mind of a, of a pirate. You know, there there's so many myriad. We've already explored that. Yeah, there's so many myriad <laughs> reasons why people may pirate. You know, the, what game they choose to pirate. Yada yada yada. Like the tendency is, yeah, the more popular stuff you're gonna see get pirated. I think your Crisis Two, like, are you know, like that they kind of weaken their uh, their standpoint, their IP a little bit with like the first game, probably accurate. You know, it was still a very big game the second one, but like people like, oh, I need to have it. You know, I need to try it out. So, because yeah, the first Crisis was bad, but it wasn't so bad. It wasn't like Modern Warfare Three for me. It wasn't so bad that I'm not gonna try another Call of Duty after it, you know, or call another Crisis after like Crisis. The first That'd be one be amazingly bad. Crisis was so bad that you were not gonna play Call of Duty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. It's like yeah, the first Crisis was like at best, I give it like a C plus. Right. You know, after you get past the pretty graphics, it was like that. So I, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, you know, it was like, you know, well, let me check this game before I actually, you know, maybe, buy, maybe it or, buy it. Probably exactly. Not. And then, you know, more than likely, people, people probably played it in, in, into it so much. They're probably like, well, I'm already at the end. It's no really reason for me to buy it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole thing. So. Actually, I'll you know actually I I I got into uh uh I wouldn't say I called an argument, but there was like a comment uh about Crisis Two on Amazon, and I just had to reply back to the guy because the guy's like, "Yeah, man, this game sucks." And when I got to the part where the suit tells me to get my ass to Central Park, you know, I didn't play the game anymore, and I replied back to him because that's pretty much at the end of the game, uh, just to let you know. <laughs> And I was like, so this, the game sucked so much that you played through about 10 to maybe 12 hours and then stopped at the end. <laughs> they won't get me. I'm not going to play that last 20 minutes. I'll show yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, dude. Like, he talks like real. that, too. Yeah, exactly. That's the guy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> not going to get me, Copper Shane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this freaking Copper Shane is not going to get me, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> I think you killed my, my money. Yeah, the Seth. They killed my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So I just I, I thought it was funny, but yeah, I mean, Crisis Two. But who knows? This may be one of those stories where you know Crisis Two was pirated a lot, and because it was a good game, or at least some of us think it's good. I think it was it was definitely better than Crisis, the first Crisis, much better. And uh, you know it this may, may have turn been the best shooter this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Um, but you know it turns into this may be turned into sales for Crytek next time. Like people are like, oh yeah, Crisis Two that rocked. You know, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go get Crisis Three. Plus, when Crisis Three comes out, the same people who pirated this are probably gonna be a bit older, maybe have jobs that they didn't have now, and you know be actually be able to purchase it. Of course, then you'll have the new pirates who will won't have jobs, and then you'll still have the people who. Just don't want to pay for games, <laughs> you know. Hey, 
that that's just it's just a constant cycle. There's always going to be piracy. Yeah, the and pirates I've... are amazing recruiters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want stuff for free? Let me show you how. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know. So, um, you know, and, and nothing's you know piracy proof. I mean, every console has piracy issues. Of course, it's it's less on consoles. Except for the PS3. They didn't release anything, so the only assumption we can draw is no games were pirated on PlayStation at all. Yeah. Right? Thanks. Thanks, Nick. (laughs) No. Oh, (laughs) uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think that I I don't know why they didn't compile uh, PS3 games, but, you know, maybe it it just wasn't significant enough. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious what the deal with that is. <laughs> or maybe they they just figured, you know, Sony's had a bad year. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> the numbers were so awful. They were all like, holy crap, we cannot tell people this. So yeah, either they were so high, high or they were so low that exactly. they were like, it's not worth including. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, but uh, not really a, a news, but yeah, that that's it. That that's the the, the year in piracy. For games, at least. Um, but we're going to move on to our last topic. Talk a little bit about SOPA. And that's not a, a cute name I have for, you know, SOAP. That is an actual bill that uh, is actually going to be voted on January 27th, I believe, is when the actual SOPA bill gets voted on. Somebody sent me an email about it telling me to try to arrange a meeting with my senator, you know. I was just like, I don't think my senators want to going to talk to me, you know? Like, <laughs> me and him, you know, we stopped talking a couple years back. You should just you ambush know? him. Yeah. I think that'll probably work well. Because, that, yeah, that really works well. <laughs> Being large black just, man, attack senator. Just put invisible. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, basically, I'm not going to go into what, like, the, the, the details of SOPA, because there's a lot of details regarding SOPA. For, and a lot of you who are listening to this probably already know what SOPA is. But just to give you an example of one of the provisions of SOPA, it's the, it's the it stands for Stop Online Piracy Act. It's to try to help protect, you know, intellectual property and stop pirates. They, they you know, well, I, I think they know that they'll never stop pirates, but this is more of a deterrent. But one of the things that SOPA, you know, will... will be you know provisions in SOPA is that if let's say uh uh let's say you have um a video like on your website right a video of yours on your website and it's using the background music for some from for, for some song and let's say Universal claims that that song is there. And then they go to your host provider for, you know, your, uh, your your website and it's like, this guy is violating copyright. Just by claiming that you're violating copyright, they can have your website shut down, you know, and not just shut down. They can have it blacklisted from DNS, period. And for those who don't know what DNS is, that's basically how you're able to put in destructoid.com or matchlessbuttons.com or joystick.com and it takes you to the right server like it matches up names with ip addresses so basically they would blacklist your domain from that from that from dns so people couldn't resolve to it okay uh it also affects things like um search engines and youtube so basically if a search engine like google for example would come up with a search result like let's say i I type in a song or a game like i want to pirate a game and i type uh crisis 2 torrent and a result came on google if google 
didn't filter that result out, uh, then you know they can have Google shut down. That's the way it works. Like stuff like that, they can they can sue Google or hold Google responsible, and which is basically like SOPA will lead to a filtered internet here in the United States. Like you know the United States see one internet, and everybody else will be you know in the world be seeing another internet. Um, so basically, that's what SOPA is. It's really bad if you support SOPA. Um, you actually need to find out what SOPA is because obviously you don't. It's bad for, you know, the internet is bad for, you know, consumers alike. Um, now, there are a lot of supporters to SOPA who are typically corporations. You know, corporations like, uh, um, you know, uh, music labels, and, you know, uh, MPAA, RIA, guys like that. They support SOPA because they want to, you know, stop piracy. Um, but in terms of video games... And actually, I think it's worth mentioning uh, that uh, a couple of companies were roped into support. Not roped in, but, you know, they said they were supporting SOPA or said that they were supporting SOPA. Like, uh, specifically, EA, Nintendo, and Sony were claimed that they were supporting SOPA. But it turns out that they didn't support SOPA. They actually supported an online piracy bill before SOPA was introduced. So I think we should clear that up. But on the flip side of that, uh, the ESA, which is the uh, Entertainment Software Association, they fully support SOPA. Um, and these are the people who are supposed to fight for consumer rights, which is why that's such a big deal. Yeah, not fight for consumer rights, fight for the rights of electronic, you know, publishers and, and all those guys. Not really fighting for electronic consumer rights. They ask for consumer support, you know, to to try and get the, the Brown versus EMA overturn, but that wasn't the same thing. They don't no, but they, they say. They say they say that they fight for consumer rights. They have gone on record to say that for they, consumer rights. They, they have gone on record to say that. They fight for consumer rights as long as it's in their best interest. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's obviously obviously that's the case. But you know, you know, you can't say, oh yeah, we fight for consumer rights. Pass SOPA. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Like it's sometimes it's one thing to say you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can be for consumer rights. They sometimes. Sound like that guy again, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He works for them. He hates Crisis and loves SOPA. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> we support the consumer rights, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of control this week. Well, yeah. Mostly yeah, just it's... me. Sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm trying to control myself. Go ahead, Rob. I have horribly derailed whatever you're going to say. <laughs> Not really, because I was pretty. I think it was done. Yeah, I had. I was going to wait till Jared finished to to voice my thought on this. Okay, well, good. The thing, <laughs> the thing about the ESA supporting SOPA that I think is interesting and that everybody should know is that while, um, you know, EA, Nintendo, Sony, Capcom, a lot of publishers, um, you know, who are member, there are members of the ESA. Okay, so technically speaking, if they're members of the ESA, they're still supporting SOPA, even though they claim that they don't support SOPA. They're still supporting SOPA. Like, for example, Epic Games says, you know, we don't support the current version of SOPA. But yes, we're members of the ESA, which eh, that's not a free club to get into. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I knew, but there are benefits to being like an ESA member. Uh, what benefits exactly? I, I'll be a perfectly honest with you. I can't tell you, but it has to be uh, you know some good benefits if you have a lot of different publishers and developers. You have a whole organization that will support a really, really shitty bill and take the hate for you. 
while you yeah. sit back and people don't really know you support it even though you do. Pretty much. Because like, you're, you not, you're not protecting consumer rights at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you right. Yeah. your consumers. Pretty much. Actually, that's kind of what the ESA is doing for the publishers right now. That's what it kind of feels like, that it, that they are just taking all the blame and all the hate while the publishers are like, we don't support that. But we're members of ESA. Except, except, I guess Capcom was kind of honest when, you know, the Capcom PR uh, lady was asked about, you know, how their, their stance on SOPA. She she's, was flat out said, uh, ESA takes care of those matters for us. Right. Which is, I think that's the best way to put it, because you pay the money for a reason. And that's why they're not out for consumer interest. They're out to take care of the interests of the people who pay them, which is the companies. The publishers, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, in my opinion, if you're a member of the ESA, you're supporting SOPA. And that's just where, I, you know, where I'm going to leave it. At that in terms, For me, like, I can't say, well, you know... They, they're just members of ESA and getting those benefits, but they don't like SOPA. Like, yeah, they may not like it, but they're still they're supporting still, it by supporting they, the ESA. You're implicit. <laughs> yeah, you're implicit by being part of that organization or paying dues to them or whatever. Like, you're letting them take the hate while you sit back and collect money. Yeah. You know, but from people that are still buying your stuff, not realizing that you're trying to shut down some kid who, like, likes making combo videos or something online and puts them on YouTube, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's weird because it's, yeah, it's weird because you definitely see people who are like, no, it totally makes sense that they want to do that. And it's like, to a certain extent, yes, but I don't think that this bill is that bill that you want to be supporting to do that. Right. Um, I, it's just, I don't know, it's just a weird thing. Like, you, you could support some other version of the bill or, like, some other type of bill that, you know, protects you. But... You may start off targeting pirate, you know, pirating sites and torrent sites and stuff like that, but it's it's going to impact the consumer. It's going to, even if it ever gets passed. So, it's no bueno. Nobody, everybody supports it sucks, and SOPA sucks, and I anonymous is totally probably going to take somebody down again. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily support anonymous taking anybody down. Last time that happened, PSN was down for six weeks. You know, we got a shitty EULA out of it, and then Sony still came out on top. That's true. Uh, I mean, I guess I, they did actually kind of retract that anonymous that they were going to attack Sony, and then people were like, "What the fuck?" And then they were like, "No, we're only going to attack like like cut you know like actual employees of Sony and Sony itself. Not we're not going to attack PlayStation Network again." Who's the bad man? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like you know a lot of people were mad they lost their games for a couple months. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They kind of tarnished their own name. Well, actually, sorry. I don't want to say they did it because they never claimed to do it, but right. still. Um, but yeah, that is actually going to end our topics for uh, for this week. I don't know, Rob. I, I think we might want to do an actual like special edition on SOPA to find so gamers know why it affects them <laughs> sometime before the twenty seventh. True. I think so. Uh, we may do that. We'll see what happens. We'll keep we'll keep you guys informed, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's let's talk about our question of the week, which I guess is question of the two weeks since you know we you know we haven't didn't do a, a mash cast proper last week. Um, so basically, the question that we left off with last year was, what are you looking forward to in 2012? Uh, Wookie BH comment all star first up, uh, he says I'll chime in on Mass Effect Three love. Surprised there was no mention of Diablo Three. Also surprised there was no mention of Heart of the Swarm. That should be next year, right? Um, it's supposed to be. Should be. We'll see what actually happens. I don't know if 
I know because Diablo three is coming out. I don't know if they're gonna if if Blizzard's really gonna release two games in the same year. You know, what do you guys think? Isn't Dota two supposed to be out this year too? Dota two is bad. Oh wait, yeah, I can't believe I just said that. As soon as that left mouth, I was like, "What am I talking about?" I'll just shut up now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not uh, the only one that missed something. Yay. <laughs> yeah, the so. year's hangover. Still. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know if Blizzard's Boy- gonna release two games. They might. They might. I don't think we have an official release date yet, though. So, um, Admiral Mikey. Uh, he also commented, he says, uh, everyone already loves Mass Effect 3 and Bioshock Infinite, so I'm going to dig a little deeper for the games I'm looking forward to. He said, first is Dragon's Crown. And you know, the funny thing is, <laughs> when I first read this, I thought it was Dragon's Clown. I'm like, that sounds dumb, but I definitely read it wrong. It's Dragon's I Crown. you about Dragon Crown before. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're acting like you don't know anything. <laughs> Dragon's Clown, that sounds fucking horrible. What is this guy? No <laughs> more comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dragon's Crown, the uh, the multiplayer beat-em-up from Vanillaware, uh, the team behind such artistically astounding games as Odin Sphere and Muramasama. Uh, Masa, sorry. Muramasa, I think. Yeah. Something uh, like that. Something like wow, that. Wow, Muramasama, yeah. like as if you never played a Final Fantasy or a Japanese game and you've never seen that word. Hey, look, man. I guess you never have to say it, though. You, yeah, really, thank just, you. you really just pick up the sword and you slap I just, things in half. Exactly. Thank you yeah. for understanding. Uh, to continue <laughs> with it, while I'll say their games in general are about style over substance, I'm a huge fan of the beat 'em up genre. If I have a few friends around to pass the time with, <clears throat> to pass the time with, and with the next gen sheen of PS3, I can't imagine this year being as vi- as visually stunning. Uh, next is Final Fantasy Type-0 for the PSP. This game has already been rocking Japan, and I'm hoping it will hit the West sometime in 2012. While from the plot and previews, it appears to have very little in common with the rest of Final Fantasy, I've very much enjoyed the shoot-offs from the series that have come out on the PSP, from Crisis Core to Dissidia. This looks like another fine... Uh, Squeenix action RPG with interesting characters. So, uh, character swapping, combat, top-notch graphics, and sound for the PSP. Finally, I'll give some love to SSX. SSX was always one of those games I can go back to when I didn't have anything else new or exciting to play. I could throw on a few CDs, load up SSX 3 or Tricky, and ride the mountains for hours. The, uh, the series seemed to lose its way with SSX on tour, and even more so with terrible SSX blur for the Wii. Uh, but this looks like a, a beloved return to form for one of the greatest extreme sports franchise games ever made. Also, still waiting on that real-life Tetris experience from EA for my 30 bucks a year. <laughs> so, and I'm extremely sorry for reading that like a robot. I really need to change what screen I'm reading that on. Because it's on my smaller screen, uh, so I promise. He's got his eyeballs right up against it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm it's like rolling down the screen. I'm like, what the hell? Wait, but um, and sorry about the admiral. Next week, I swear to God, I will read it on my big screen <laughs> rather than my smaller screen. Uh, the last comment was from Sage Infinite. Says he is looking forward to more mash casts, which that's the correct answer. Oh yeah, it's always good the job. Do anything. Yeah, yeah, good job. Any question we ask, that's the right answer. Yeah, so uh yeah, that's uh that's it for the question of uh well the last question of twenty eleven. And here's the first question of twenty twelve. Um, you know, we talked about the PS Vita and the three D S, three A D S apparently doing much better 
than it was and the PS Vita not doing as well uh, obviously as the 3DS uh, but the question of the week is uh, you know will the Vita have a more successful launch in the US than the 3DS you know did that's pretty much question of the week so we'll tell us what you think about go that go on one. start answering yeah like right now <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting why is there nothing in our comments yet seriously because we're in the past oh. <laughs> yeah that was gonna say wow. I know the podcast isn't you know on the website yet but you guys should be there Technology. waiting <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so that's the question of the week just uh you know tell us what you think you have seven days to do so now and this is coming out on the weekend see I listened to what you got, a lot of the feedback you guys gave. But hey, I listened to the Mashcast late in the week, or I listened to it on the weekends. Bam, Mashcast on Fridays. How you like me now? Jared Redding, man of the people. Boom, that just happened. <laughs> but uh, yep, that's uh, that is our show for this week, and we thank you for listening in and joining us on our first uh, you know, podcast of 2012. Um, I, somebody, well, actually, Wookie brought this up to me. But, uh, yeah, our one-year anniversary is actually coming up soon. <laughs> Whew. What Those we, were some uh... dark days, kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those were some dark days. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we have, like, a reunion oh, show where everybody but... who's been on the podcast gets on at the same time. That would be so great. And we all I... talk at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we bring back Long, Worsets, you know, Robo Long from those days. Those yeah. were awesome, you know. Times. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. You can, uh, oh, typically at this part of the show, we would do our, you know, what's coming out, nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so true, dude. There is nothing coming out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nothing is coming out, but NFL Blitz is out. Yeah, so, there you go. go relive that if you would like to, but there's nothing else. So, just play all the stuff you got over Christmas and the stuff you got with your gift cards. Get to it. <laughs> yeah, we uh I actually it's funny cuz um I was just telling Jess earlier today that I got like three AAA titles for like 90 bucks on Amazon and my stack is so high now like it's hit like I I start my stack on my subwoofer and it's now hitting like a shelf that sits like a few feet above my subwoofer the my backlog. <laughs> I consider it full now. He's not worried about the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I have stuff to play. I think everybody should. Yeah, everybody. If you say should. you have nothing to play. You miss something. Go get it. Actually, you know what I want to bring up, and since this is coming out tomorrow, it will still be valid. You know, well, Friday, it'll still be valid. Um, for those PC gamers out there, Indie Royale bundle, the New Year bundle is out. Comes with four games. Um, two of the games are, I guess, they're indie games you may not have heard it, never heard of, but one game I talked about before, Super Crossfire, which was released on iOS first. Um, the PC version of the game is done, and that's a part of the Indie Royale bundle. Um, and also the, Nuclear Dawn. And also about. Nuclear Dawn. Yeah, that's a, that's the other game I was going to bring up. You can get Nuclear Dawn and Super Crossfire. Right now, the bundle's sitting at about 4 bucks. But don't be cheap. Spend at least 10 okay? All right? I appreciate that. Don't be cheap, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and in fact, the other two games, Max and Magic Marker and Fractal, are also pretty they're, – they're good games, too. Fractal is interesting. Uh, Max and Magic Marker just thinks Scribble Knots, except not Scribble Knots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. All right, so 
this time I'm for real. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can catch us on uh, SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, twitter.com slash MTB site. Um, what's t- tomorrow is the end of the contest, right, Rob, for the Twitter contest to give away uh, four humble bundles? Yes, and right now there are two definite winners because not enough people have entered. I don't know if it's because everybody's on break from school and people don't pay attention to Twitter when they're not sitting in class. I really don't know what the deal is because we had a ton of entries for a single game in our last giveaway. So you have until about, you know, 3, 5 o'clock. I, I think I said it for 5 o'clock tomorrow, uh, which means you'll have a few hours after the MASHCAST comes out. Freaking enter! The, it costs you nothing to enter. Enter and take these bundles for God's sake. <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't, maybe everyone also already has all the indie games because they're all great but like i don't know what the reason is but fucking enter and take the codes give them to a friend or something like i don't want to beg Word. you to take that this awesome bundle but take it just it, i'm sorry no, go ahead <laughs> no 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 cost to you at all <laughs> just, just at enter. all and you know, gifted to us as our one-year birthday present. <laughs> no, don't do that. Just to kind of give you a recap of what you would actually be getting, because when I got the bundles, I paid twenty-five for each one of them. Um, you know, because it was a charity event, um, but it was above the the average. So you got everything, which is Gratuitous Space Battles, Cave Story Plus, Jamestown, Bit Trip Runner, Super Meat Boy, Shank, Night Sky HD. Not to mention, you also got the Humble Bundle 3, which is uh, Crayon Physics Deluxe, Cogs, VVVVVVV, uh, Hammer Fight, and, and Yet It Moves. Also, on top of that, you get soundtracks. Like, you get... Let's see. You get the soundtracks for all of them, or at least all the ones in the Humble Indie Bundle yeah, 4. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you get the ones from 3, but I could be wrong. And really, like you're already getting all the ones from 4, and like the Shank soundtrack like on its own, uh, it's, Super it's Meat it's Boy, and, and Jamestown, like they're worth it on their own. Amazing. Yeah, yeah so, you know. Wow. Like, that's yeah, all- for the no, cost of free. Seriously. <laughs> for just, the cost of free. <laughs> for the cost of free, exactly. Just enter the contest, folks. I like it's like we're, we're giving stuff away here. People are like literally eh, shouldn't have been having eh. this contest because Jarrett wasn't even supposed to buy those bundles because we didn't get enough followers from our last contest. He wasn't even supposed to buy them. He bought them anyway. So you're getting a basically a second shot at a bundle that's a bundle that's already over. Humble Indie bundle is done. Like you until their next yeah. one, uh, that ended at, like at the end of the last year. So you're getting a chance to get a bundle that's not even out. It's amazing, and you get like damn near 15 or i'm sorry like 12 games like and soundtracks yeah and i don't know why i like twitter has not imploded (laughs) really it's funny because i was actually considering i was like hey i could you know do contests for the indie you know the indie royale bundle i was like you know what people aren't even getting this bundle right and then i got the press and i was like no i'll pass i bought one for myself though (laughs) but uh yeah so guys get on that if you're interested um, which I don't see why you wouldn't be. But, uh, yeah, you can also catch us on iTunes if, you know, you listen to the MASHcast on a regular basis. Just subscribe to iTunes. It's easier. You know, the the MASHcast will be on your podcast. You know, if you open iTunes in the morning, Friday mornings from now on. How lucky are you? <laughs> but, uh, seriously, guys, we do appreciate every listener. Thanks for listening. We definitely appreciate it when you guys comment. So, you know, the more the merrier. Let's get some discussions going. 
And uh, I guess we will see you guys next week, next Friday. Indeed. Thanks Game a lot on. to everyone. I sincerely hope no mammoths fall on your head during the week. <laughs> yes, and if it happens, God wanted it that way. Yeah, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Jared is. Exactly. See you later, everybody. See you. Have a good one.